0: Success to me, uh, I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, Okay, man, you're a good person. You're a you know, you're a good steward. You know, I want the people that get the chance to work with me to say, you know what, he's a he's a respectful and a responsible boss. And then I want my boys to look at me and go, you know what, you're a great dad.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Slow Smoke Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Morgan, and today I'm joined by my new friend, chocolate entrepreneur, Glenn Gardone. Glenn, welcome
0: to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to getting a chance to sit and chat and, uh, you know, have a little uh, pork.
1: Glenn is, uh, is is letting us know what we're doing today. So we're doing pulled pork, it's, as crazy as it sounds. um I have never done pulled pork on the show and I don't know why it's, well, I do know why it's, it's, um, it takes a long time to cook pulled pork. Same reason why I haven't done brisket. And, uh, and so you kind of have to think, and we're doing like a, you know, 30, 40 minute episode. How do you, how do you do it? So the, the pork has actually been on the smoker, uh, for a while this morning. And I actually had a piece that I kind of rushed so that I can, um, share some of glenn's special recipe that this is first uh guest that's ever sent me a recipe um (laughs) he sent me a recipe for chocolate barbecue sauce uh which i actually had a chance to make it made the house smell awesome last night when i was making it so um but glenn is uh the ceo of red is it red delight or red
0: red chocolate is red chocolate I've I've been calling it
1: red chocolate and then I just picked up the box and it said delight and I thought I've been saying it wrong no so red chocolate and guys I'm not this is no BS okay and this was not I'm not here just to push product but this is really good chocolate um I like to think of myself as having done extensive research in the area of chocolate in my life um, and this is good stuff and it's 40 percent less calories. He's got dark chocolate, extra dark milk chocolate, and then I started pilfering through the box that you sent me, and there's there's all sorts of other stuff in there too. There's white chocolate and everything else. Um, let's take a peek at the pork, and then I want to start talking chocolate with you and entrepreneurship. Right, I'm that's for it. sure. So, what do you think, Lynn?
0: Oh, that's looking gorgeous, man. I love the smoke coming off of that grill.
1: Smoke's coming. All right, so if I got to do. I have to say, so one of the things that I always do when I um. This is a Boston butt. I smoke a Boston butt, and I, I will chunk it up actually into smaller pieces. And what that does is it makes it cook faster, which is a little advantageous for this show, but also it cre- increases the surface area that you can get seasoning on and smoke. You think of, you know, you look at a smoke ring on a piece of meat, and that smoke ring is really where all the flavor is. Now, when you shred up a pulled pork, um, those pieces of flavor are sort of like permeating all the pieces that didn't get all of that. So the more you have, the more flavorful it is. Now, all the haters out there that like to email me when I do something wrong, these are a little little more charred than I would like them to be. Um, And that's because I was rushing it a little bit this morning trying to figure out how to get this to go on the show. But I will tell you, if you've never barbecued before, pulled pork is the place to start. It is so forgiving. Like it is a little charred on the outside. We're going to shred it all up, mix it all in. It's going to taste great. That's what's great about pulled pork and doing a boston butt is you can screw it up and it's still pretty awesome Pool pork starts at awesome
0: that's actually how i started my my barbecue journey as i like to say so i did it with pulled pork i had a friend who uh is uh what i would consider a connoisseur and just an amazing chef and actually um he uh he's been on our on our website because we have a chef series where people like to oh, take wow. their different uh recipes and build and show how to use chocolate other than i mean you know hey it's great when you eat it from the bar like you have in your hand but but the fact is when you could design different things and the reason most chefs like to work with red is because it starts you here as opposed to a highly sweetened chocolate which will make your overall dish funky if you're not looking for that yeah. sweet flavor so I love it and he taught me how to do uh the pork and so that's where I began and that's where my journey took off oh boy 4 or 5 6 years ago
1: wow so I've got a piece here and I'm going to I want to get into it so that people can understand that this is real talk so it's got it's done in these beautiful little look like diamonds there baby diamonds. look like jewels right mm-hmm. and this is the extra god bless that is so good the extra dark which i feel like that's an adult chocolate flavor like kids yeah they go for milk chocolate but as you if you get a refined palate as you get older the dark is the way to go and that is so good
0: Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, what we try to do when, you know, Red launched, I guess, I don't know, 14 years ago, we're in about 28 countries. And the whole idea is, you know, we wanted to start with the view of the chocolate, the look of the chocolate, because you truly eat with your eyes first, if you think about it. And, And I always tell people, you know, what is one of the most personal things in a person's life? what they put in their bodies. So, you know, when somebody comes in and joins the red family, as we call it, you know, it's an honor for us because, you know, we, we love being part of people's, you know, worlds, you know, this wasn't, um, I I've been in the business in the food business for almost 40 years. And I had those widgets, so to speak, you know, as, as we'll talk, we'll talk about, you know, some of what I've done in the past. This was, this was something that was important to me because I'm a type two diabetic. Probably oh, wow. got there because I'm an unapologetic chocoholic. So I'm a <laughs> constant label reader, constant. And, you know, I, I got to watch the carbs. I got to watch the, the sugars. So, you know, the opportunity to be able to to bring this brand to life and to bring it to America was just it was an opportunity for me that, uh, you know, was unparalleled. I just I was so excited about it. So in sick,
1: I'm, I'm looking at the label now. And I'll be honest with you, I went straight to taste and stayed there. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really get into the label part. I was happy with how it tasted and looked and didn't go any further. But for six pieces, 19 carbs, zero total sugars, you've got 10 grams of sugar, alcohol in there, and five fiber. So that really is very much like a keto way of setting that up. And um, I had no idea you were a diabetic. And so a chocolate brand created by a diabetic – uh, is really who something. loves chocolate,
0: you know? A lot chocolate. of times, brother, a lot of times you'll eat things, you know, especially in my world. I'd rather eat the package it came in because the food itself <laughs> is disgusting, you know? Right. So, we decided, you know, and again, the whole idea is if I'm bringing it out under the red name, it's something that I can eat, and That's I awesome. test it on my blood sugar and I make sure. And, you know, again, I tell people, you know, we've had people call us healthy chocolate, I hate that term. Cause there's no such thing as healthy chocolate For sure right you know we're smart indulgences we call it. you're going to indulge you should indulge whether it's a beautiful pulled pork whether it's a brisket whether it's a little chocolate you know whatever it is that you indulge in in your life indulge enjoy and just do it a little smarter That's glenn's
1: all. taking us to church on this episode like i'm i'm like i'm ready i'm <laughs> i'm ready to run through a wall right now so this you know um so how how did this happen? Like, how did you become you've got a long history in the food industry? Mm-hmm. Um, what led you to getting into something so cool and being an entrepreneur of a product that really everybody can relate to?
0: Well, you know, I fortunate, unfortunate, however you want to look at it. I wasn't one of those folks that found their passion when they were 17 years old and ran with it. That was not me. You know, I, I come from a very, very blue collar black background you know, hard working family, I'm first generation, family came over the boat from Italy. And, uh, you know, I, I knew how to make a buck. And to me, back then, success meant I had a few bucks in my pocket so I could pay for gas and grab lunch if I wanted. And really, that was success for me. Yeah. And so I knew I wanted to go to college, went to college, did a business degree. And then in, in my career, again, working ex- Kellogg, ex-Pepsi, you know, working for great companies wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. But I knew that it was it was a journey. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like cooking brisket, man. Like you said, you know, it's funny because you talked earlier about, you know, you can't rush things. And you know what? You're absolutely right, especially when it comes to barbecue. And when it comes to your business, when it comes to your personal or professional life, if you try to rush it, you usually screw it up a lot of times. So, you know, I took that slow journey, so to speak. I was the brisket, you know, and it took a lot of years, (laughs) a lot of years. But, you know, it came about the idea behind the chocolate came about because uh, I went to the doctor because I was having issues and they did a blood test and they said, you know, your insides are out of whack and unless you want to die, you better start to calm down and you better start to do things properly. And so I decided at that point, okay, I've got to change some things about me because I wanted to keep going on my journey and uh, i met with two families that were master chocolate makers cuz again my background is in you know food it's in production it's in all the different things the 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 the, the day-to-day operations i guess is the best way to put it when it comes to the the beauty of chocolate making unless you've been doing it for some time you know it's it's look I- I- if i could do it it would be okay it's like you know my first pulled pork is yeah. a lot different than the, the po- pulled pork i did two weeks sure. ago you know, the first one was good, but it was my first one. And so with this, what I want to do is I wanted to bring out something that the world had never seen. So it took us three years in what we call our kitchen. And we crafted probably 700 different recipes till we got to the one where we said, you know what? Yeah, this makes sense. This is good. Because ultimately, yeah, it's great that you can say you're non-GMO and you're gluten free. and But like you said, if you taste it and it tastes like, you know what? Right. What good is it? So we wanted to come up with something that was beautiful. You know, it's funny. I, Our last product we brought out, and you talked about it, was actually oh, yeah. is our caramelized white chocolate. This is the 133rd recipe that we did before we said, yeah, this is what we want to do. This wow. is what we want to bring out. And so, and again, we've got 11 global patents, and the 11th patent was actually this product here. We want to do it so it's right. We take our time. Because ultimately, I want to be able to eat it. I want to be able to enjoy it. You know, I am six feet away from about a 1,000 pounds of chocolate at every time. So I want to make sure <laughs> I can enjoy it. <laughs> that's probably like a for, for a diabetic, that's got to be
1: like a job hazard too, right? be that. But then me, again, you great. sort of-
0: you I know, can eat it architect. all. Yeah. I can eat it all. So it's wonderful. It's all my product. So I can eat it and take my blood sugar and I have no issues.
1: <laughs> so you said something in that that I thought was really interesting. And, and it, it kind of highlights- to the story of how entrepreneurs can get started. So despite the fact that you were a food guy for a long time and uh, in the food industry and in in production and everything else, when it came time for you to start a food product, um, you said, Hey, I'm not a chocolate guy. And you went and found, you are a chocolate guy, but you went and found like people who are really, really good at at the craft. Mm -hmm. And I think, while that's probably obvious to somebody as experienced as you. Um, I think that's a good sort of call out for people that want to start a new project is that you don't necessarily have to be the artisan, uh, that creates the thing that you make your business, right? You need to be able to know what good is and you need to have a vision for what you want it to be. But the person that actually cooks up the recipe, it, it, people, a great example that everybody can relate to is people tend to, uh, think in their mind that Steve jobs invented the iPhone Mm -hmm. and he definitely did not. Right. He definitely created a team of really, really smart technical people who took his vision and made it real. And so I guess it's just a lesson for people that are, that want to get into something, but they're like, man, like for your situation, man, I don't know how to make chocolate. Right. Maybe I do, but I don't know how to make it like that, but you go find some people and you build your team, right. And your team of people that are good at the things that you're not good at are what can push you to make something this great, right? You can't make something this awesome. This package doesn't look that good. The presentation doesn't look that good. The nutrition isn't quite right. The flavor isn't right. Unless you've got a bunch of people who are good at a bunch of different things.
0: That's right. You know, it's funny. I I always say, I want to be the dumbest person at the table. (laughs) Yes. I never never want to be the smartest. And, you know, whether it be on supply chain, I've got a person that's worked with me for 15 years. She's one of the most brilliant individuals that I've ever had the pleasure to work with. You know, the folks in my marketing team, I love when, when they can come with, with ideas that can help us deliver the message. You know, again, the vision, as you said, I had to come up with, and I knew what I wanted, and I knew how I wanted it to look and everything, but, you know, taking it from here, to actual visible, it's real tough. And that's where I knew, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this properly. I need to get people that have the same type of passion that I do because we are a passionate group. You know, this is not an eight to five role, you know, and, and I I work six, seven days a week. People always ask me, you know, how your work-life balance? I don't even know what the hell that means. I'll be honest (laughs) with you. I don't, but I love what I do. You know, there are times I've got two amazing boys and, and a wonderful wife who have, we've been married for 27 years wow. and they know me, they, they know who I am. They know what I'm about. And when I'm home, I'm focused on them and, you know, making a beautiful dinner or, you know, again, Italian, uh, always surrounded by food. Needless <laughs> to say. And, um, you know, and, and when I'm, when I'm working, I, my focus is on the work because I want to be able to, you know, it's, it, it's not about the success It's about the journey. I know the success. I don't mean to be sound foolish about it, but I knew the success would be there because of the conversations I was having. You know, I always tell like, you know, for a couple of sales folks I have, you know, they'll put a presentation together. And I always tell them, look, the presentation in your eyes should be good because you're the one that did it. What you want to do is you want to get people around that weren't involved in it to understand what they think about it. You know, again, let's go back to cooking a brisket. You could cook a brisket and you put all the hours and all the work into it and you think it's beautiful. And but as soon as you can get the family around or friends around and they say to you, wow, this this really is good. It is the quote, the quote, unquote, validation for you knowing, okay, I'm on the right path. And if somebody said, oh, it's a little dry. You'll think yourself, "Okay, a little dry. How can I make it a little more moist? What did I do? It's the same thing in business. The, the most failures I see are people who aren't willing to to listen to other people.
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason that we called this podcast the Slow Smoke Business Show was um, really around this analogy of, you know, barbecue being a great metaphor for business. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> the average person talk about brisket, which, by the way, is the is the one not probably not the one, but the, the number one barbecue thing i've never mastered right it's so brisket is so hard and so even when you get it right the moment you slice into it it starts drying out right that's why when you go to high end restaurants that really know brisket they're slicing it right before they serve it to you mm-hmm. and it's just so hard to sort of master that but it's such a great metaphor for business because the average price, the average person will look at a plate of barbecue and they'll see this finished product right? They'll see a, a slices of beautiful brisket and these beans or whatever it is that you're having on the sides. And it looks like this finished product that took 10 seconds to hand you because they got it off of a thing. And you get lost on the hours and hours that it took to make that particular piece of meat, mm-hmm. the slow burn, the patience, and then also the trial and error for probably years leading up to that piece of meat that made you able to make that piece of meat that good. And I think business, to your point, is is kind of the same way, right? You, everybody, you know, when I started my business, after it really got going, people would say to me, you know, if I was out in a social setting and they'd hear about the company that I started, like, "Oh, what a great idea!" Right? What a great what is? Well, I wish I had that idea, right? And it's the, sort of the thought that like if you just the light bulb goes off, that you have this fully formed thing that you can bring to the world, and it's it's just not true, and and so having the patience to build something to take the feedback like you're talking about and say you know people are saying my product isn't easy to understand or it takes too long to to turn it to to get it started or it just it's a little too expensive or people don't understand the value here all of those things take time and I had a guy, Mark Miller, on the show a couple of episodes ago that really blew my mind because he's, he's a former executive at the Chick-fil-A Corporation. Mm-hmm. And when he was talking about Chick-fil-A and how they attack the drive through and think about things, he said, well, I don't think we really have it figured out yet. Uh, and, I, and I just was just like back in my chair. going, If Chick-fil-A doesn't have it figured out, nobody figures it out. You don't. You, that's the thing. You never figure it out. You just get better.
0: Yeah, you know what oh, I mean. Absolutely. You just get better. Absolutely, you know it's funny because you mentioned about uh, you know your past business, and I'll give you an example. It just it, it, it came into my mind. So you know we think we do a great job. You know we 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 try to every day. You know some days are better than others. I mean it just it is what it what is. We're human, and you know the reason I bring that up so. It's one thing when, you know, we get we get letters all the time from folks saying, hey, tried your chocolate, really like it, you know, and, and that's awesome because we love to hear that. But day before yesterday, I received a letter that was sent actually directly to me from a veteran who was hurt and uh, was uh, gained weight because they were going through multiple surgeries mm. and then started their journey to their weight loss to get back in. And Red became part of their journey. They had heard about us. They were really trying to cut sugars out because that seemed to be one of the best things for them. And so he went on this journey and he talked about how Red went on the journey with him. And brother, I'll tell you, you know, you hear things like that. You're like, I better stop bitching and moaning and just get my ass back to work. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and yeah. it's because it, when you affect people's lives, You know, again, I love when people say, oh, wow, red chocolate. I love it. I I bought it from such and such, or I saw it on Home Shopping Network or, you know, wherever. I love it because it's like one of your kids, you know. It's, you know, I go into a grocery store today and I see red on the shelf. It's like seeing one of my kids graduate. And I've been launching (laughs) products for 40 years, but I still love it. But when you get those messages and those notes from people saying, you helped me in my journey. Wow, man. It's again, it's it just it, it, it hits you to the core, man. And those are the things that, you know, we have a wall up that we uh, that we, when we print out the letters from people just to remind us that, you know what, we're not just a chocolate company, man. We're we're on a journey here. We're part of people's lives. And it's pretty, pretty amazing. So it makes us want to be better constantly.
1: Well, I, I think what's so cool about red is red chocolate is some, you just you're, you're not <laughs> I spent a lot of my career. Uh, if you don't, if you don't know, like I, I started a company called Proctor U that watched people take tests over a webcam when they were in college or getting a certification to make sure they didn't cheat and make sure everything went correctly. And, um, talk about an unpopular product at the dinner table. Like you just, you know what I mean? Like, I remember I used to have like the, the polo shirt on with the Proctor U thing. And I'd be going through the drive through and I'd like, want to cover up the logo, you know, because I did, they're like, ah. but like, who doesn't love chocolate? And I think that's such a cool, um, for you, you have a, um, you have a, like a, a, maybe, I don't know, I want to call it advantage because there's, it's, business is always hard, but there's an advantage in the fact that people inherently like chocolate, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to like chocolate. And I think you're smart to sort of realize that not only do people resonate with this in their journey because you've made red a different thing. It's a chocolate that, you know, people that are trying not to eat terrible things can indulge in that kind of chocolate. Mm -hmm. But chocolate is also something that is married to some of the great moments of our lives, right? I mean, it's birthdays and holidays and things like that. And I think, you know, that's such a cool thing. How do you get uh, in your marketing? How are you trying to get red? to weave into people's lives, not just in, you know, the diabetic or the person that's trying to watch their way, but sort of in those moments when chocolate is a part of the story.
0: So when I first started, my explanation was a lot of people when they, you know, adults, when they're, when they're eating a candy bar, we'll say, for instance, and they're at work, they'll take that candy bar and they'll put it in their desk, you know, and it's hidden. I wanted red to be on the top of the desk because I wanted them (laughs) to be Kind of proud, you know. I yeah. I wanted to become a badge for them. I wanted them to know that what we stood for as a company and and the way that we delivered the product that we were proud of it, and I wanted them to be proud of it too. And so, you know, I I always laugh. I always say, you know, I don't have a boss. I've got about twelve thousand bosses because <laughs> each. I'll tell you right now, and it's amazing because the consumers truly feel that this is their brand. And they are loyal to this brand. So if we tried to do anything, oh, believe me, I, I hear about I hear about loud and clear. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So I told you earlier, we're on the Home Shopping Network. We're actually the top chocolate sold on the Home Shopping wow. Network. Wow. Yeah. We've been on for four years now since wow. we started. And amazing partners. And come uh, end of... Um, end of the month, we're actually on like 11 times in seven days because we're starting to go towards uh, the holiday time period. Yeah, And uh, it's funny because, you know, when I'm on, you know, we're talking about the brand and all. And so we finished up and uh, did the segments about 10 minutes. And uh, I walked off the set and I turned on my phone because, of course, you don't want to have your phone on. And um, the um, and all of a sudden there was a note to call the office. So I call the office. Hey, what's going on? And they said, uh, Hey, there's this woman who called and she, uh, she wants you to call. I'm like, okay. So I call it was, her name, her name was, uh, Anna. And so I call Anna. This is Glenn Gardone. She's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, and it is, what do you mean? She goes, this is the Glenn Gardone that was just on TV. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> She goes, son of a, and I won't swear, but she's son of a bleep. I was like, Anna, w- what's going on? She goes, I just lost chocolate to my friend. I said, what are you talking about? And she said, we were sitting here, we're watching you on TV. And you mentioned how you love talking to people who buy red." And I said, I looked at my girlfriend. I said, he's a liar. There's no way he'd ever answer his phone. And she said, no, he looks like the kind of guy that would want to. She said, and so I called, left a message, laughed at her and said, he'll never call back. And here you are calling me back five minutes later. And so I left. I was like <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to see that you had to lose chocolate. But again, that is the the loyalty we have with with our with our red family. And I love it because it's it's fun. Look, my ultimate goal the whole time is to want to go to bed on a Sunday excited that I have to wake up on a Monday yeah. morning. I mean that's all. That's all you know my yeah. My goals, of course, have changed throughout my life as I got older, throughout my career from want a couple of bucks in my pocket so I can afford gas to want to wake up on a, you know, wake up on a Monday morning, happy to go to work. And I work with an amazing team. And when I can get to come in and know that, hey, the things we're doing are a positive influence. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. I think it's
1: it's such a great way of looking at it. I, um, by the way, I, I actually want to do something I'm going to grab. Some pork that I pulled off early, so I said I chunked it up a little bit, and Glenn gave me something that I'm very fired up about, which is a recipe for chocolate barbecue sauce, and I didn't want the pork to get too cold while we were sitting here chatting, uh, so I'm going to pick up, this is some stuff, They did a smaller chunk so that I could get on it, but why don't you tell everybody what is in a chocolate barbecue sauce, other than red barbecue sauce, I, I went with the extra, I went with the extra dark.
0: So the chocolate barbecue sauce, you can actually even find on our website. It's on uh, at uh, red-chocolate.com. You'll find our chocolate barbecue sauce there. It's something that we put together years ago that we love. It starts off, of course, you can do whether it be a dark chocolate, or extra dark. It's really according to the chocolate flavoring that you want to have. Mm-hmm. And then with within that, you've got your different seasonings. But it's it's literally a 10-minute dish to be able to whip yeah. up. I love it, you know the and I always say I love to slather the meat with with uh, with the chocolate barbecue sauce. So the recipe for me slathers about three for a normal person. It would probably cover you know six or eight, but for myself, I love the taste of it.
1: I don't know. I will say the one the the only major modification I made to your recipe was I doubled it because I was looking at it going like well, I don't know this doesn't look like enough barbecue sauce to me. So <laughs> um, all right, so. We're going in, uh, I will say, because it's got chocolate in it, you have to heat it, or at least I had to heat it up a little bit in the morning to get it nice. And look at that. Look at that. It's got a good color. And okay. So that's fantastic. And I'm (laughs) glad I went with the extra dark because the char kind of roasty flavor of pork marries so well with dark chocolate like that. And then you have a little bit of the spice and the sweet. Holy moly! Yeah, man.
0: That and I got to ind- tell you, like That's I liked
1: it. I, I like it by itself, but like <laughs> it it becomes a whole different thing when you put it on pork.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it wow. really makes it. It, it, t- it tastes so good. It makes it so indulgent.
1: Dang, I love okay. it. Another piece of that.
0: So you know, you're making me jealous here. Just I'm so you really, know. Oh, I, I gotta well, well, next I gotta time go we home. do
1: this, we gotta be in we gotta be in person. So absolutely, man.
0: I'm coming. So down. what
1: is um. You know, you talk a lot. You you, you talked earlier about like work life balance and that that's a that's that's a a laugh right now. And I think it's okay for that. I mean, when you clearly you love what you do. Right. So you're excited to get up on Monday. And I think that's easier uh, to do when you love what you do. But if um, how do you do you feel like where you're at right now is sustainable? like in terms of the level of effort that you're putting in seven days a week, is that sustainable or do you anticipate there being a shift at someday, someday in the future?
0: I think that uh, every business has a, a you know, a, a mature, you know, maturity going through it. Um, again, we, we've been here in the U S for four years now. Uh, I am a, I've got a lot of energy. I, <laughs> I say that laughing because everybody who meets me is like, "You're you're exhausting me just talking to you," but uh, you know, so I am one of those people that can definitely have more energy than the average person. Um, I have I have pulled myself away from a lot of the a lot of the different pieces of the business because I've got amazing people in place that that do it and do it better than I could. So in the beginning, you know, it's like, which hat do I have to put on, and <laughs> right. so. You know, I'd wear that hat for the day or for the hour, or for the moment, whatever it is. And, you know, now I've got a great team in place. So really, do I see it slowing down? I haven't slowed down in my entire career. I've always been the one, you know, I always had the, the drive and the need to want to be successful in my mind. And I and I say in my mind, because what I can consider successful, somebody may consider that's not successful. You know, yeah. I, I don't need the hundred million dollar yacht. That's not what I'm looking for. That doesn't success to me, uh, I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, man, you're a good person. You're a you know, you're a good steward. You know, I want the people that get the chance to work with me to say, you know what, he's a he's a respectful and a responsible boss. And I want my boys to look at me and go, you know what, you're a great dad. You did everything that I needed so That's that so I good. can be successful in life. So,
1: can I stop sure. you for a second? Because you were sure. dropping some, you were dropping some serious bombs here that are so good. Like that element of understanding, ha- having being dialed into your definition of success and not somebody else's, is so healthy. And it's so cool to hear somebody like you say that because. I mean, you have a badass product here, and you have something that is clearly a lot of fun. Like chocolate, be a fun is a fun industry to be in, I bet, right? I mean, everybody's everybody, nobody's begrudgingly going to the chocolate aisle, right? You know, and so, so I could see I could see it be easy for you to just try to go to the moon, right? But I, I love your uh, I love your your sort of defining success for yourself. Have you always been
0: that way, or is that like a learned skill? Um, so I've had, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to brisket. Um, okay. I, I knew, but I wasn't good. And over the years I've gotten better. You know what I mean? So I, I, again, I I knew had I in the past put myself up against others and felt I wasn't successful. Yeah, I, I definitely have. When I was younger, absolutely. I saw people, you know, that had more than me, or so I assumed. And then, as I got older and started to be comfortable in my own skin, I guess is the best way to put it. And, and knowing what I wanted to accomplish, it the goals became clear. And I think that's when I was able to find my passion. As I, as we said earlier, I wasn't eighteen years old and said, "This is what I need to do." It you know, <laughs> right. My boys, I've got two boys. They're twenty five and twenty four. When they were fifteen years old, they knew what they wanted to do, and their entire focus was in that. And they're a decade later, and they're both well, well positioned to do what they want to continue to do. You know, I've got one that wants to be an astronaut and one that uh, is uh, working on, on his PhD in artificial intelligence. And they wow. love what they do each day. You know, and thank God they have the brains of their mother and not their father. That's all. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm just a chocolate guy, man. But no, you know, and so I think b- being able to do that self-realization throughout my career. And, you know, hey, man, like anybody else, I've had some setbacks, you know what I mean? I, you know, I, years and years and years ago, I was with a company who shall remain nameless. And um, we had to present what we were going to do for the following year. And so I had taken over a a team at that point. I was on the the management side and I showed how we were going to grow the business for the first time in a decade and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Right. And the a person that was in charge of the company said, uh, well, and, and you're, you're in this room and it's, everybody's just staring down at you and it's all, you know, the executives and all their minions, as I like to say, and right, a bunch right. of us knuckleheads saying what we're going to do for the next year. And I remember him sitting here going, oh, I don't believe you. And I looked on it. I don't care. I said, it's, <laughs> it's the number, right? We're not even thinking it's like, yeah, so, okay, you don't believe me, but I'm telling you, and here are the plans that we're going to do. And, uh, I just remember the room going, Oh, like this. Right. And so everybody like pretty much backed away from me thinking that the lightning bolt was going to hit. And I remember it was about 14 months later. And of course we had made our numbers because if I committed to it, I deliver it. And that meant if it meant 17 hours a day, so be it. And so we delivered our numbers and we were at a national meeting and I get on a bus because we were going from where we were to someplace else. And that gentleman's like, here, sit here. Right. And so I sit, you know, in the, in the seat with him and we're going over. He goes, do you remember when, uh, you know, he speaks about that meeting. i went, of course I remember. And I remember you were wrong and I'm right. And he yeah. just looked and went, you're never learning. I said, it's not about learning. I said, I committed. And when I'm committed, I'm committed. And that's the one thing that no matter where I was in my life, I always wanted to be committed to what I wanted to do. It wasn't the fear of failure. It was the desire and the need to know that I'm being successful in my mind. That's always been important to me. Not only because of the responsibilities I had as a as a husband, as a father, as a human being, but yeah. also just for me personally because I wanted to be able to look in the mirror and say, "You know what? You're doing your best, man. You're doing your best."
1: So you're in your chocolate era now, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're doing your thing. Is there um, you've 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 gotten yourself in a good position? Is there advice that you Glenn of today, Red Chocolate Glenn, would love to give Glenn in his 20s oh. on the on the start? Like, what would you say if you could go back in time and talk to young how, Glenn?
0: How, how much time we have left on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> all you need, no. baby. This is, the good, this, is the
1: good, this is the good question, right? This is where the good content comes from when you yeah. ask a question like that.
0: Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of things. Probably the first thing I would say is it, it's okay to take a knee. You know, and and because there were a lot of times where, you know, I call it punching through the mud, you know, because, you know, you just got to keep going mm. and keep going. You know, we launched Red Chocolate five months before a global pandemic hit and shut everything down. You know, and we could, have, you know, we could easily said, OK, fold the tents off. You know, yeah. circus is going somewhere else. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's OK to take a knee, take a breath, but know that you need to get back up because I didn't take enough knees back then. I kept just going through it and going through it and, you know, forcing my way through the situation as opposed to taking a knee saying, "Okay, what's up? Running it through my brain and saying, "Okay, here's what we should do or here's what we should try and do and going. So I would say that it's also part of that, you know, uh, life is a marathon. Business is a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know, which I kind of agree with. When you're starting a business, you are in a sprint. And it's a sprint to save, you know, for in sure. the in the early days, I remember telling folks, you know, you know, they tell me about different programs they're going to run and things that we want to do and how it would be great for next year. And I tell them, guys, for me to have a healthy tomorrow, I've got to have a healthy today. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm not, you know, while, t- while 12 months from now, it's important. Let's worry about the next three months. And then right. what we did was we were from the next three And then we added four and five and so on and so forth. And now I can sit here and say, okay, I can look out nine months and what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? But if I started that at the beginning, I'd I'd have failed. Because we would not been healthy. So, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and starting up a retail store, it's important to understand your vision and what you're doing. But it's also important to have a healthy today so you can have it tomorrow. Because you could plan for tomorrow. But if today's not healthy, it's not going to come anyway.
1: That's right. And it's easy to... You know, and and, in the tech industry it's easy to find because that's where I came from, it's easy to find money that makes you go, Ah, we're not gonna worry about today. We're gonna worry about whatever. But I, I one of the things you said in there I thought was interesting was you launched this business and immediately went into a global pandemic. And what's so interesting about the history of business is that so many great businesses get started in the middle of economic crises. So many great businesses came out of the, my business came out of the great recession, right? Mm-hmm. So many great businesses are going to come out of COVID. And the reason that I think that happens is because when, when, when luck is not just falling out of the sky, right? It forces you to, to make yourself a good, hardy, stable business. Mm-hmm. You have to have a real product that people really see value in and you have to have, you know, real margin and real returns and all of that. And, and if you do that, you end up building a solid business because if you can survive in a global pandemic, then six years later, hopefully it's not six years, but like, mm-hmm. when, when the market's really, really good, right? Well, then certainly you can survive in that environment, right? Mm-hmm. Because you were able to survive when things are tough.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I think it all has to do, too, with uh, the, you know, your intestinal fortitude, but then also the people you surround yourself with. And when I say people you surround yourself with, if you're an entrepreneur starting out, this is not payroll, people. These are this could be family members. This could be friends, people that, you know, you can lean against and you could get that 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 hand on the shoulder, so to speak, to say, okay, don't worry. Well, if we can, we can help or whatever, you know, when, when we went into the pandemic here and I told you my supply chain person's been with me for 15 years, my marketing, the lead of my marketing has been with me for over a decade. And I remember we were probably a week into it and, you know, nobody knew what was going on. And uh, I got a call from my supply, a supply chain and she said, uh, Hey, we're going to go into the office. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, we got to ship product. I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. We don't know what's happening here. I'm going to go in with you because I need to make sure that everybody's okay. Cause first and foremost, we got to make sure that people are safe. And so we came in, her group came in and we were slowly doing things to get product out the door. We were here for probably two or three days. And I get a call from my marketing person and she said, Hey, uh, I heard you're in the office and I told her why we were in the office and all. And she said, well, I spoke with the team. We're coming in. I'm like, no, you could do the marketing from there. She goes, no, we're coming in to help the supply chain team. Wow. We know we can help you. And together as a team, We were able to, you know, it's funny. People always ask me, you know, what do you think about culture? What about culture? And I tell people all the time, you want a simple culture test? Here's a culture test for you. You get whoever is working with you. You throw a couple of pizzas down on the center of the table. If they grab the slice of pizza and they run off to their individual sections, you don't have a good culture. Mm. If they sit there and chat while they're eating pizza and they're talking about business and they're talking about personal, you've got a good culture. You just you got people that want to sit and talk with each other, and it's the easiest way to learn what your culture is like.
1: I like that. I, I've ta- I've said all the time like culture is really a big piece of the puzzle as you're building a team, and culture is like blood pressure. Like yeah. if you're not even if you don't measure it, you have one. Yeah. You know, and so. <laughs> People that, if you if you're not intentionally looking at your culture, you, you probably don't have a good one. Um, right. You might, but um, that gets harder and harder. And I think um, I think that's been the frustrating thing. Because I had a long career with the business that I started. I was with it 15 years, and so it was like seven different businesses in that. Time span, right? And I every time we would go through this big inflection point and new people would come in, a new leadership, or new investors, or new whatever, right? Mm-hmm. There would always be this moment where lots of change would happen. And I would always start trying to impress upon people. I say always, I would most of the time would start trying to impress upon people that you have to be mindful of culture and culture changes and that change kind of throws a bunch of dust in the air. And um, but the times when we were when we have been the most effective, um, and I think this is true in any organization, are the times when you can point to a very healthy culture mm-hmm. and really, really talented people. You know, they say the right people on the bus, in the right seats, and everybody's sort of all aiming in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when the magic happens, right? That, that is when you, an organization can really do some great things.
0: Uh, You know, it's, I, I, you can go something as simple as, you know, rowing. If you think about, you know, a bunch of people in a boat and everybody's rowing at the same speed, you think about those teams because it works great. But if you've got one person that's doing this while the rest of us are rowing, it's going to screw up the momentum. So you're, you're 100% correct. And a lot of times I got to make sure I'm not the one that's rowing rowing. (laughs) really fast. That's, that's me though. So, but no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely.
1: So Glenn, it's been a delight talking to you today, and an easy thing to talk to a chocolate. I'm going to eat one more piece of chocolate because I'm trying to tell these people that this is uh, this is really good stuff. You know what? You know what I love about red chocolate? Um, It doesn't like most of the like. If I was to go get, I'm not going to name drop another brand, but if I was to go get standard chocolate bar off of the grocery store shelf and pop a piece in my mouth, it would feel like. I'm eating something I'm not supposed to yeah. this does not feel like that right it feels like you're eating something really nice and decadent but it doesn't feel like oh I better go do some sit-ups or it just doesn't feel it does it feels right you yeah. know is that that's what I'm trying it feels right
0: and I thank you for that we worked really hard at that we want people to be able to indulge indulge smartly and, and not have to worry about it not because you don't eat all that sugar in your body you really don't mm-hmm.
1: Well, I guess you don't need it in the chocolate bar either because it's really good. <laughs> so, let's check the Speaking of indulgence, let's check the pork one more time. I'm trying not to knock okay. my table over with my corb. So, this actually, I don't know if you can kind of get a good look at that, but we've got a good, yep. a little bit of char on the outside, but that's going to be really good and blend in as we... Um, This is the section with the bone in it right here as we sort of shred that up. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that pulled pork is really, really good when you first take it off of the smoker. And then probably the second best is the next morning. Yeah. Like you put it in a container, seal it up, let all those flavors kind of marry overnight. All that like smoke and seasoning to kind of permeate all the little... I'm getting hungry talking about this brother. You're killing me,
0: man. You're killing me. We got to have some, so so what's,
1: guess what's for lunch today? Some pork with some chocolate barbecue sauce (laughs) and some red chocolate bar for dessert. Glenn, you are, uh, you're a delight, man. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm a big fan now. Thank you for sharing the chocolate with, with everybody. And, um, if somebody wants to get their hands on some of this awesome chocolate, where can they find it?
0: So for you guys and for everybody watching, so I want you to use the, the, the code slow smoked and you're going to get 25% off. You can go to red chocolate.com and take a look at everything. And I want to thank you so much for uh, letting me be on with you. Uh, I love your podcast. I'm a big fan of it. The, uh, I'll tell you right now, brother, the, uh, the pork looks phenomenal. I wish I was sitting with you uh, in your studio because I'd be sitting here enjoying it with you, and uh, I got plenty more red to bring you, so not to worry Come
1: about on, that. Come on, baby. Well, listen, let's set up something in the future where we can have you here in person, and we'll dive in. You know what I've always wanted to do, and you, you are the guy to do this with me, by the way. I have never in the history of the show made a dessert, and I've always wanted to. I've thought like a chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. With, with some good chocolate in it on a skillet in a smoker would be a fun uh, experiment. So maybe that's, uh, you know, foreshadowing of what the future episode probably needs to look like.
0: So, brother, I have got the recipe for you that is going to knock your socks off.
1: All right. So we're going to break new ground. The first slow smoke dessert uh, on the show. I'm fired up. Glenn, thank you, man, my man. You are uh, you're you're so fun to talk to. And so easy to root for, by the way, too, so thank you um, everybody go out and and make sure your your holiday season is filled with some red chocolate. Glenn, thank you for being here guys if you uh, got something valuable from this episode and I'm sure that you did would you please share it with somebody that you think would also find it valuable if you could go on social and like us share it with friends give us a five-star rating a thumbs up whatever the platform's asking you for we would greatly appreciate uh, excuse me greatly appreciate it Glenn the chocolates got me all choked up over here sorry about that but it's great to have you here buddy and we will see you next time